0: Welcome to Fantasy Fishing Edge podcast about all things fantasy fishing and bass fishing in general. I'm Rich Lindgren, aka Hellabass. Find me at Hellabass on all popular social platforms and YouTube. This podcast is simulcast on YouTube as well, so if you prefer to watch the video version, search Fantasy Fishing Edge or Hellabass on YouTube to subscribe. There are also links to all these social media platforms and YouTube in the podcast descriptions. Enjoy the episode. What's up, everybody? This is a special bonus episode swapcast with the Midwest Angler Podcast. Uh, this is their 66th episode, and I'm a guest this week on the show. Uh, so you can hear Scott and Matt and me discuss all things bass fishing and fancy fishing and several other out topics. Uh, they have a really great podcast uh, dedicated to Midwest fishing and the outdoors. So if you enjoy that type of content, make sure you look up their podcast either on Facebook or your favorite podcast app. Again, it's the Midwest Angler Podcast. Enjoy the episode.
1: You are now tuned in to episode 66 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I am Scott Sturman and I'm joined by Matt Deitch. Matt, how you doing?
2: I am doing good today. Yourself? Doing good.
1: I'm doing great. Uh, I'm still going to work every day. You are...
2: Doing the online thing. Doing the that's, online thing. How's it going? It's all new to me. Yeah, I believe it's, that. It's kind of different. Um, trying to get some online PE resources out there for the kids for them to do. Putting a few like little workout things for them. I don't know. I just... I feel like they're getting bombarded by the classroom teachers with all kinds of stuff so I'm kind of taking the less is more and the slow and steady approach with it right it's all kind of new for a lot of us and I you know I just I'm looking at it as an opportunity to grow more as a teacher and in the future you know when we get back into the school and in the classrooms of using it as a resource that they can go on and do things with when they're outside of the school building
1: absolutely yeah no it's it's definitely crazy times uh you know and uh, I, I read a Facebook post that said something like, you know, don't scrutinize these teachers. Uh, you know, this is uncharted water for everybody. Right. You know, I mean, this isn't what you went to school for. This isn't. This isn't anything that anybody could possibly have been prepared for. And uh, yeah, I don't know, you guys. Uh, I uh, it I goes for to you everybody. That, I right. Mean, right. It's, absolutely. You know,
2: the people that are still going to you guys going to work every single day and putting yourselves out there. You know. For possible getting exposed to everything that's going on. You know, the people in the healthcare industry that we need that have to be out there work. I mean, it's just we're all in it together and we all yep. gotta, you know, we gotta look after hope for each other we can't get after each other right now it's, right I everyone's mean,
1: got enough on their plate yeah <laughs> we don't need I, you yakking we, at us yeah we just need to support each other yep no uh we uh we got an email i think yesterday with uh some sort of certificate on it um obviously in my line of work uh maybe i've mentioned this earlier on the podcast but uh i work in a uh, manufacturing plant where we uh provide uh we provide product to uh, some of the biggest grocery stores, uh, you know, across the United States and the world, and uh, apparently they are an essential business, so since we provide them, we are an essential business. So uh, yeah, I don't know, until, until the state of Iowa comes through and says, hey, uh, manufacturing's shut down, uh, I don't know, I guess we're just going to keep on plugging away, and, and you know, I mean, it's kind of a tough deal, like you can say, yeah, you know what, everyone go home. Uh, you know, we're going to set this one out for two weeks and see what happens. But, you know, what if this goes for 10 weeks, you right. know, then, then people are out of work for that long and, and we're just farther behind. I don't know. There's no right way to do it. There's no wrong way to do it. But like you said, you know, we're all in this together and uh, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's, that's right. what it is. So that's
2: why we got, you no, know, it's always nice to have a little bit of normalcy of going back to talking fishing yeah and, exactly you know something exactly. to take our minds off of it sometimes and just focus on something else because sometimes we all get on social media and we can get down we can jump fall down that rabbit hole and pretty soon you got yourself so worked up so
1: right right Well, i i, I don't know I've really found myself that, you know, like I'll go three days where I'm like, man, this ain't a big deal. And then all of a sudden I have three days where it's like, it's the end of the world. Where you're, te- <laughs> you're washing your hands <laughs> yeah, exactly. and so, disinfecting everything. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. It, I don't know. It, it's hard to get your mind off of it, that's for sure. But uh, no, we are going to try to get your mind off of it. Uh, we've got Rich Lindgren. Uh, Rich is just an all around basshead uh, yep. from up in Minnesota. Um, yeah, he, he kind of covers every aspect of the bass fishing deal uh, through, you know, blogging and through YouTube videos. Uh, he's a tournament angler and, uh, yeah, kind of does a little bit of everything. He should be a real interesting guy. So, uh, looking forward to the interview. Yeah, without further ado, we're going to get over to Rich. And we're here today with Rich Lindgren, uh, bass tournament angler, uh, Rich's bass and blog on Facebook, Hella Bass on YouTube and TikTok, and a Bassmaster Fantasy Fishing Pundit. Rich, how you doing?
0: pretty good uh spring is definitely in the air today you know it's nice and sunny here in minnesota definitely the buds are popping on the tree so getting the itch to get the boat out really soon absolutely are you an ice fisherman rich i have not ice fished since college so that's been about 20 years so <laughs> not really <laughs>
1: okay okay so you patient,
0: patiently if wait drags me out there i wouldn't mind doing some ice harvesting but i'm definitely not going to reinvest in the equipment and get back into it myself so well i don't want to
1: tell you your business rich but you're in the wrong state <laughs> yeah well
2: you got the mississippi that stays open there pretty all year long doesn't it kind of close to
1: you
0: there's a few options to scratch the itch a little bit right. um, so i've done that absolutely
1: um rich we got a couple non-fishing related questions to ask you uh, right off the bat i'll start off uh what's your favorite flavor of ice cream
0: Mm, that's tough. Uh, they're all pretty good, honestly. Oh, like, you got uh, that sometimes, right. <laughs> so, sometimes I'm in the mood for something like chocolatey peanut butter. Sometimes I like kind of like the dark cherry fruit stuff. So it kind of depends on the day. Kind of all oh, over. Yeah. That's all right. Hey, right. I'm mint, all right mint, with that. Mint chocolate chip. That's pretty solid. Uh, <laughs> and that's, that's about the
2: only one that
1: Scott really doesn't enjoy. So <laughs> I don't know. Something about mint. and and I don't know. Just not for me. But that's all right. Each their own. <laughs> All right, then uh, the
2: next one, Twizzlers or Red Vines?
0: Um, I guess I don't think I've had Red Vine that many times, so I guess okay. I'll just say Twizzlers. But uh, not unless there's I'd another would go I'd probably go Wiley Wallabies uh, licorice. Oh, really? really? Out, of, yeah. out of Minnesota, it's like uh, by St. Cloud or somewhere up there they do them. Okay, right
1: on. Are you a Are you a black licorice guy? No, I can't. I no, can't good. get on board with that. Good.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> same here.
1: right rich uh let's get into you uh where are you from and uh how long have you been chasing bass
0: yeah i'm from uh the minneapolis area uh in minnesota twin cities area i grew up in the north suburbs up around like columbia heights ridley area and now i live down in the southern uh, suburbs around lakeville um so i've been bass fishing for quite some time about as long as i can remember my dad got me into fishing he was in one of the earliest Minnesota Bass Nation, Bass Clubs, for Bass Masters uh, ever since I can remember, uh, since the late 70s. And uh, growing up, once I was kind of old enough to kind of be in the boat for more than a few hours, he started dragging me around to start practicing for his you know club tournaments around the metro area. Um, so that was uh, me in the back of his, uh, his old ranger with like a 140 orange and white Suzuki, slinging all kinds of baits, probably... Retying and changing lures more than he probably wanted to put up with, but uh, he got me out on the water, and uh, that's where the bug started. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> as far as getting into tournament fishing, it kind of all started out uh, hanging around the club guys as I got a little older, around that 12, 13, 14 years of age. Uh, you know, if there was an open spot in the boat, they'd kind of let me fun fish and kind of not really be in the tournament, but I'd still get to bring my fish in and weigh them uh and eventually as i got to be like 16 17 18 i got to be a member of the club uh started fishing as a non-boater and eventually by the time i was 19 i was the president of uh, the the bass club so (laughs) from there it just snowballed i've always been really active in the the bass nation the federation uh some money tournaments and just kind of mixed it all together absolutely
2: was there any Any uh, times where when you were just fun fishing in the back of the boat, you kind of took it to the the boater, and he kind of said, I don't want him in the boat anymore.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was kind of uh, a, it's exactly what happened a few times, and that's what kept me out of the club for a while, because (laughs) there was votes when I wasn't in the room whether I should be uh, accepted in the club, and honestly, I'm pretty sure several guys' egos were too big to uh, worry about getting beat by a kid in a a bass club tournament. So it probably took another year or two longer than it should have let me fish back then because that was way before junior bass clubs and high school bass clubs and all that kind of thing
2: nice that's Uh, awesome it definitely would be nice to go back and you know be able to have the junior bass clubs and just the high school bass fishing that's going on right now
0: yeah what i wouldn't have gave to uh even even college to able to fish in college that would have been amazing
1: did you ever get close to uh getting rid of the uh bass fishing and start walleye fishing or have you been 100 percent bass all, all the time
0: Um, I mean, bass has always been my passion. Uh, For the longest time, uh, when I was younger, we used to go up to Lake of the Woods and fish out of, like, uh, Warroad and Buffalo Bay for, like, two weeks every summer and go walleye fishing. Um, And that was always fun. That was a good family trip. Um, Probably got a little spoiled because walleye fishing up there is really excellent. So it was definitely more walleye catching than fishing. Um, But it never, like, when I wasn't up there, I never really had much of an interest for fishing for walleyes. And I still catch them fishing for bass on the river and vermilion and places like that, or throwing jigworms on gull, and sometimes I let them go, and sometimes I harvest them. Um, But, uh, yeah, it's never really been a bug for me uh, to catch walleyes.
1: Now, tell us about some of the tournaments that you do fish uh, every year.
0: Yeah, right now I'm probably kind of on a little bit of a lull. Uh, You know, in years past, I probably would fish closer to 20 tournaments a year. Now I'm probably fishing five to 10 tournaments a year, uh, just busy with work, busy with, I got kids in that age, you know, right around nine, 10, 12 years old that are super active in sports. So I'm trying to, to balance things out and make sure that uh, they have their dad around uh, as much as possible to be there. Um, but so right now, uh, I fish a lot of the, the Bass Nation and TBF stuff, to keep me busy, uh, I like being able to fish those because those give you the shot to move on to divisional and national type tournaments and eventually qualify for, you know, the Bassmaster Classic or uh, the TDF, you know, national type championship uh, level tournaments, which I, uh, is always something I always like to be able to have a rung to move up to. Um, and then I mix in a few other money tournaments and things like that. Uh, in the past, I've uh, done the Classic Bass Circuit, which is uh, the Champions Tour, which is an MLF style tournament. I've done the BFLs down on the river, um, Fishers of Men, uh, a few other circuits uh, around the city. So kind of mix it up. Sometimes I do some Tuesday nighters, Thursday nighters, jackpot. Little t- kind of just mix it up. But uh, I do what I can when I can, and uh, yeah, I, I kind of that's kind of got me into you know doing more social media and YouTube type stuff. Is just I couldn't always commit to a full tournament circuit, but I want to be out there fishing with a purpose. Uh, to share information and, and teach, and so that's why I kind of got back into doing more videos recently.
2: Right, right um, What are some of some of your highlights, like personal highlights for yourself, and some of those tournaments that you fished in?
0: Uh, kind of personal highlights and lowlights at the same time. I think I have three second place or four second place finishes in the state tournament. So I've, uh, kind of the Aaron Martins Martins of the Minnesota Bass (laughs) nation for sure. And two of those tournaments, uh, combined two tenths of a pound, which I lost by. So, um, it's been, uh, yeah, I think actually three of them you could add up and it's still like less than eight ounces. So, um, so three really close ones. One I kind of got, uh, it was a distant second, but, uh, that's kind of, I, I, and I've made uh, between TDF or the FLW and Bass Nation. I think I've been to ten or twelve divisionals, and I've fished the Bass Nation Championship one time, which had me one step away from the Bassmaster Classic at one point, fishing a tournament down in Louisiana. So wow. those are a couple of the highlights. Uh, you know, won a few other tournaments and some money, but I don't know. To me, the the Bass Nation stuff and moving on is kind of what sticks out for me.
1: Right.
2: What would what would be your uh, favorite fishery? Like, which lake is your favorite to go to when it's in, in Minnesota?
0: Yeah, for the long time, I would have said Pokegama I really liked uh, up by Grand Rapids just because of the you know, the unique fishery of, like, you have kind of the, the clean lake that has largies and smallmouth in it, and you can fish shallow, you can fish weed lines and things like that, and then it's connected to the river, and so it's a really dynamic fishery. Um, and then the other place that I really like uh, is the Mississippi River, uh, kind of like pools four through nine. I really love going down there, and I started fishing the BFLs, and that's I just find that to be a super scenic Uh, fun, challenging place. And I like that sometimes you can get way back in some remote areas and feel like you're like as far away from technology and civilization as, you know, even though you're, you know, maybe not that far as the crow flies, but you really feel like you're back there uh, sometimes in those backwaters. I believe that.
1: Now, uh, Rich, you mentioned that you fished uh, the classic bass in the MLF format, but obviously you grew up uh, doing the five fish format and and probably still fish plenty of tournaments uh, with that five fish format. Uh, How hard was it to wrap your brain around uh, the every fish counts uh,
0: uh, style of tournament? It's it's not too terribly, once you get into it, uh, to wrap your head around it. Uh, it's pretty obvious when people are catching them and they're, they're updating you that what you need to do. Uh, it is definitely something, it's a different mentality, and you need to be kind of preparing to catch your fish all day and move and be able to adapt and be able to change. Uh, there are some things that are very exciting about that. There are some things that are super frustrating about that. When you're catching them and you're kind of in the mix, it's super fun and, and like be trading blows and moving up and down. Uh, But you just know some days like you just aren't clicking and you're just not making the right moves and you're zigging when you're zagging, you're getting behind people in the wrong stretches and things just don't work out. And so at a certain point, uh, you know, they kind of claim that like anything is possible from a comeback standpoint, which is true to some extent, but at a certain point you physically can't catch them that fast to catch up anymore. If that makes sense. Right. Like Like in a five fish tournament, Literally, all I need is five casts to catch up. Yep. It, may, it may be a low percentage chance, but if there's 10 minutes left and I pull up on a little milfoil clump and I make five pitches and catch five big ones or, or, or whatever, or with a crankbait or a rock jig or whatever, right, there's that chance that you could catch five good fish in the last 10 to 20 minutes and like, you know, throw the hail Mary. But at a certain point, if you're 30, 40 fish back, there's a point. There's like, well, I can't catch 40 fish in an hour. Like, you hit this wall in the afternoon. It's like, well, I gave it all I did. I tried some things, but I'm clearly can't get. I can't win anymore, or I'm I'm too far back. And it's just you kind of hit that. Like, oh, that sucks. Um, so that that is one thing. It's like it does create certain kinds of drama, but it also kind of eliminates kind of drama. Kind of like when Edwin Ebers won on the cross. Yeah. Um, you know, he was so far ahead at a certain point. You know, they say it could have happened, but at a certain point, actually, it can't happen because, like, you literally, they didn't have enough time to catch that many fish at that point, right? Um, and the other thing is, like, it's depending, I really think the two-pound thing has made MLF a lot more interesting yep. at this point, uh, a lot more relatable, because when I watched Edwin Eber, and he was in that backwater, and he was literally catching, I don't know, 80% of the fish he caught probably weren't even 14-inch fish. Uh, which wouldn't even weigh in a BFL or a regular tournament uh, on the river. And it's just like, well, you know, that, I can't even relate. Or why is that interesting? Like, or even if they were just barely keepers, like you'd catch five of those and be like, all right, I got to get out of here because I got to do something else. So right. it creates decision-making because if you're not catching them, you need to keep changing till you're catching them. But sometimes you can just sit on fish, like even they're even two pounders and just keep catching them. But in a regular tournament, if you felt like you were capped out at 10, 12 pounds, you would make a change to try to catch bigger fish. So it definitely changes the strategy, and there's some positives and some negatives. And I think that's why some people uh, can relate more and can't relate. I definitely identify more with the uh, five fish tournament and the decision making and that kind of stuff. Um, I also feel like some of their coverage is a little bit just too much, you know, cut to cut you know fish 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 which is probably not targeted at the hardcore anglers um so the live stuff is a little better to watch cuz you do see more of that decision making and things going on let them talk um but so yeah i mean I, you know if my choice of nothing at all to watch i'll definitely watch some mlf um uh, but i definitely would much prefer to watch like pro circuit or bass elite live uh than mlf so.
1: yeah I right. 100% agree <laughs> I, I won't give my opinion. Everyone knows my opinion. So, uh, <laughs> uh, Rich, let's talk about your social media. Uh, you've got a heck of a social media presence. Uh, you've got Rich's Bassin blog on Facebook and uh, obviously uh, the Hella Bass on YouTube and TikTok. Uh, how long have you been doing the social media thing?
0: Yeah, I guess I've been, that, you know, probably been, you know, back Twitter, Facebook, uh, the blog. I feel like I was probably really, probably doing that for more than 10 years. Uh, I was probably kind of ahead of the curve back then, um, especially on like Twitter and Facebook. Even to the point where I think one of the state tournaments I got disqualified for tweeting updates uh, back Shut then. Up. It was <laughs> really? frowned upon. It was frowned upon, and I got disqualified for basically non-emergency use of my phone uh, during a tournament. And now, just a few years later, there's encouraging it. And I was like, right. "Well, that's what I thought I was doing back then—was <laughs> helping promote the sport." but i got uh, disqualified so that was a second place that I actually got DQ'd for which is, is another second place that almost happened but
1: hold on uh, hold on hold on we <laughs> we got to hear about this like so how do like you you show up for weigh-ins and they're like hey rich uh you're out or or how does that well, happen
0: so, so it was a 2-day tournament uh, it was the Minnesota Bass Nation uh probably I don't know let's say 10 years ago thereabouts maybe 7 8 i'm not sure exactly you can't um but so I was fishing the tournament, uh, on Minnetonka. It's a, uh, it's a draw pro am or a draw boater, non-boater tournament at the bass station. If you're not familiar with that. Um, so we go out fishing, uh, catch a pretty good bag early in the morning, um, with my partner. And, and then if you know Minnetonka at all, there's a lot of no wake channels, right? Like you spend a lot of time idling, especially in the area like I was fishing at the time. So I was like, I jumped on Twitter and, Uh, which at that point was quite connected to my Facebook page as well. And I was like, oh, got a limit, pretty decent limit, going to look for better fish. You know, made some updates like that throughout the day as I was going through channels. Um, And then, so, came in. I think I was either first or second uh, and had big bass of the tournament the first day. I had, like, 17, 18 pounds. It was kind of a a tougher time. It was fall. Um, And, uh, yeah, weighed the fish in. I guess at some point, after day one, somebody contacted the tournament director and notified them of the social media, and the tournament director, I guess the guy's like, he didn't either. Maybe didn't. I don't remember exactly. He didn't want me to get in trouble, but just wanted to notify the tournament director, whatever that means. Um, so I guess the tournament director supposedly the next morning made some like he was yelling, I guess at the top of his voice in board Fletcher's saying, you know, hey, remember something about phone use. But I never heard that. He didn't, like, talk to me specifically. He just supposedly talked loud. You know, there's, like, 100 guys there, 100 boats. I mean, like, who's going to hear him? Like, not, he wasn't, like, on a megaphone or anything. He was just kind of, I don't know. So he didn't talk to me specifically. So I go in on day two. I catch a decent bag, make a few updates during the day. I come in, weigh my fish, um, either first or second at the time when I weigh in. Uh I weigh in, hand in my get my slip, and then tournament director kinda grabs me, pulls me to the side behind the the weigh in board and he tells me he needs to DQ me. And I'm like, For what? What what's what's going on here? What are you talking about? He's like, Oh, phone use, da 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 da. And then he explains it to me and I'm like, You gotta be kidding me. Like (laughs) (laughs) why didn't you say anything day one? Why like how is this and I don't know. Like so yeah, like it to me I uh 100% agree that I did break an infraction of the rule. It was a non emergency use of the phone. But uh, a a couple things like, A, was I getting any competitive advantage? No, right? Uh, So I don't think I should have been DQ'd. I think I should have had the chance to have been warned on day one or maybe lost a day of weight or took a weight penalty or a late start. I think there could have been a lot of infractions that would have more justified the rule than a complete DQ. but. That's kind of the story in a nutshell. So I missed out. That's a division I didn't go to because I didn't uh, end up zeroing, taking last place instead of second. <laughs> well, I
1: appreciate you telling that story. That's yeah, right.
0: good.
2: <laughs> yeah, you think that they could have, after, like you said, after day one, just been like, hey, you know, just remember you can't, like pulled you aside specifically and just told you instead of yeah, I, make a general I, announcement. and
0: Yeah, I 100% don't disagree that I didn't break a rule. Right. I just 100% don't feel like the tournament... Ju- Director held it, you know, handled it appropriately. Right. Uh, actually, I even did an interview with Jason Sealock at Wired to Fish, so you could probably I don't know if it's still up, but at one point there was an article in Wired to Fish about being a, one of the first anglers ever DQ'd for social media or something like that.
2: Yeah, you probably are. Yeah, way ahead of your time.
0: Put that on your bio.
2: <laughs> Might be on Jeopardy someday.
0: <laughs> um, so more than that, yeah. Back uh, back then, I did a, a lot of writing on uh, my and blog, which is at Richlinger.com now. Um, And I was doing probably two, three, four, five posts a day talking about bass fishing, tournament results, fantasy fishing techniques. I guess back then, I mean, back then blogs were a lot more viable. There was a lot more people reading uh, long form content on the internet. Um, At a certain point, I kind of got busy, got away from that when my kids were younger. I still post there a little bit. Um, And back then, so I have a fairly large Twitter following and Facebook uh, from that time. There was a little bit of a lull. I also did some videos back then. I kind of took a break. Recently, I've kind of gotten back into it, kind of gotten more on the Instagram uh, bandwagon, uh, kind of stepped back up my YouTube game within the last year. Um, so that's kind of, I just kind of wanted to get back into it, do what I did uh, blog-wise, but I feel like YouTube's more the platform now to share that content because that's where people are digesting that you know type of information. Uh so that's kind of, course, of a long and yeah. story of kind of in and out and, and having that social media presence and why I do it.
1: Right. Is is the goal like with the Hellabass uh, YouTube channel to uh eventually uh you know possibly make your living that way or or you just kind of enjoy putting videos out? You know, what what's the goal there?
0: Yeah, yeah I would say that would definitely be a super stretch goal <laughs> to yep, be making a right. living. Uh, I have a pretty good job, uh, and, you know, supporting my family, uh, you know, in, in a different profession. Um, you know, I, I, foremost I do it cause I enjoy it. Uh, and secondly, I like to help people learn how to fish, you know, and like I said, like I have, you know. Help you suck less, help you catch more bass and suck less. (laughs) Suck less. I mean, to be honest, if you think about it, we all suck at fishing. Right. The number of casts we make for the fish we catch, we're all pretty bad at it. So if I can help you make a few more casts to catch fish, you know, we can all suck less a little more together, right? So uh, that's kind of my motto. Um, So, first and foremost, I think it's just the best and most effective way to share content and help people learn about fishing because that's where people are digesting it and it's the best medium both visually. Audibly uh, to share content, you know, like you can read it, but if you can see it, I think it's just more impactful. Absolutely. Um, obviously, I'd like to grow the channel to reach more people, uh, and you know, if I can put a little more gas in my boat, uh, that would be a nice thing too. And then I can just maybe do more trips and do more things. So, uh, I would just like to, you know, uh, if it can. You know, a great place to be is if it self-funded my hobby and helped me do more trips and do more things like that, that would be an ideal place. Um, but you know, I have no plans of, uh, quitting my job anytime soon. So,
1: no,
2: that's a lot of cool. I mean, you're putting a lot of cool content on there. You and, uh, Sam Sobey, one of our past guests, we guys fished a tournament together and put that all on the YouTube channel too, didn't you?
0: Yeah. We, we, last year we, we fished a late, it was kind of October, I think, uh, and we just kind of jump in the boat, and uh, and it was a it was a good time. He's you know one thing about Sam, and uh, I fished against him a few times when he was younger, and we'd kind of fish some of the local leagues in, in the South Metro. But Sam is definitely the same guy on his YouTube channel as he is in person. Uh, he's super genuine. He gets super excited about fishing, and that that was one thing to actually fish with him for you know six hours in the boat. He's he's the same dude on his channel when he's just. You know, you know, like where some people, you know, they 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 put on their YouTube voice and they're, they're somebody else, and it's just cool to see he's he's as genuinely good a guy. Uh, anytime you see him, oh, so, yeah, he sure. was he was a
1: great guy to talk to for us. So yeah,
0: yeah, he's one of the video. The, I checked out a couple of your podcasts, and that was one I kind of went and downloaded and listened to to kind of get a vibe of what your guys' podcast was all about. So
1: nice. Um, so Rich, you're also a, a pundit on Bassmaster Fantasy Fishing. How did that come about?
0: Sure. Uh, so that basically, I was looking for like, when I was getting back in the, uh, the, the YouTube game again, um, I guess back up a little bit. So I used to do a podcast with, uh, Greg Huff and Jason Homer called Fantasy Fishing Insider. Uh, so we did that for a year or two we did all things flw Bassmaster elite series when both of those leagues were going uh and eventually everybody's schedule got a little too busy to everybody to get together and that kind of just dissipated there really wasn't much return in the podcast game as you guys probably know <laughs> we know very well <laughs> so they kind of lost they lost motivation i was more just a color guy they they had more uh Time and money invested in the equipment and the, and that kind of stuff. So I just kind of showed up and they just kind of got busy with other things. So I've always been interested in doing the fantasy fishing thing and and I used to write columns about it in in my own blog. Um, so as I was getting back into YouTube, I was like, well, I need more content. What's something I could do? So I started doing kind of my own what I called fantasy fishing edge as a kind of a series on my sh- uh, YouTube channel Hell Bass, um to just kind of fill more segments because like I can't always be out fishing all winter long. So I was like, this is, you know, easy content for me to churn out uh, that I'm interested in that can help fill the gaps when I can't produce an actual fishing video. Right. Right. So I did that uh, off and on for a while I, I rededicated myself uh, this last spring. Uh, some of the bass people took notice, uh, sent me a, a DM on Twitter I did exchange a few things. We towards the end of the year, basically, I said, "Well, we'll we'll bring you on as a trial." And at that time, they were just embedding my podcast, uh, video podcast, on uh, uh, Bassmaster as one in kind of their fantasy fishing section. So that was kind of a beta test. We kind of worked on some things. Uh, We tried some things where I was kind of reviewing their pundit picks and giving feedback and kind of jabbing at their picks and things like that. Little give and take, you know, fishing buddies do. and uh you know that was kind of the trial period last year we kind of just uh i did it for you know kind of promotion uh and to work with them and then this year we kind of rolled up something more official and now i'm writing a a, a written piece a pundit article uh as well as producing the video content and they're kind of bundling and embedding that all together in one package um on the website so i'm an official pundit starting in 2020 so uh, we've had the what what two and a half events, so I we did the St. John's, we did the Classic, and, and then it. I about four hours after <laughs> I posted my piece for Chickamauga, I got postponed again, so yeah. um, so hopefully we get back on track soon, and we get to do more of that, uh, because it's been pretty good, I'm getting a lot of good feedback, uh, it gets me writing a little bit more of that long-form content like I used to do in my blog, uh, I'm getting a lot of good feedback from people asking me, you know, my background and, you know, writing and things like that. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's been good for the channel. It's been good for some of the recognition and it's something I really enjoy doing. So,
1: absolutely. So Rich, what do you think, uh, Bassmaster is going to do? Are they going to kind of, uh, you know, maybe focus the whole entire season more into a fall season? Uh, you know, because I, I, I don't know, I could be wrong. I'm no doctor, but I don't know that this is going to be done here in the next, uh, you know, in the next month. So, you know, we're, you know, we got Ufala, uh, you know, yeah, there's, there's a lot of tournaments here, you know, in, in the next little while that, you know, probably are going to get postponed. Are, do you think that they'll shift it more to a fall-based season now?
0: I Yeah, I definitely don't have any, like, inside knowledge. Right, uh, right, like, right. right. That, just I'm what's just your like, opinion? You know, I'm, not, I'm not, like, on the mass payroll. I'm not, like, in the Right, no, completely. yeah. I haven't been asking any of them about it, um, so this is definitely speculation. Um, I do think... You know, and this is, you know, it's part of speculation of what I think bass is going to do and probably speculation of what's really going on in the world. So I guess uh, I do think, you know, based on what I'm hearing, that we are probably going to return to a form of social distancing that will probably allow bass fishing tournaments in not too long, maybe a month, maybe two. That's just how I feel. I hope so. Basically, everything I understand is that we're, most of us are going to get exposed to this and it's just about having the infrastructure to handle with it. Right. So, um, and that's just my interpretation of what I'm hearing. So that being said, under that assumption, I do think there's probably going to be one or two more postponements of events and then they're going to probably make up as many as they possibly can. Um, there could be some that, uh, maybe get shifts out a little bit or maybe they can't make up, but I think they'll get the majority of the season. And I think it'll be more of a, a summer uh you know they might so after they take the northern swing they might have a southern swing again but we'll see um hopefully we get to a point and I, and I know Bass's model is a little different cuz they do i think uh depend a lot more on the host town and the the money from the chamber of commerce or whatever the tourism committee for that community footing the bill for them to come to town. I mean, I guess if you know big tournaments work, right. typically there's tens of thousands of dollars paid to a tournament organization to bring these tournaments. So I think part of it is also these communities want the fans to come or they're not getting a good ROI in their investment. Right. right. So I'm not so sure if it's just on Bass, because I think Bass could definitely strip it down and say, we're not going to do the weigh-in, we're not going to do the the interactions at the way-ins. We're not going to have the fans come. We're not going to have the sponsor booths, right? And just do kind of a, a live stream way-in. And they would still get a great audience online because that's where most people probably watch it. But I think it could, potentially could be the Chamber of Commerce They're like, you know, we'd rather postpone it because we'd rather have the people here and enjoy the city and get that kind of multiplier of the economy going. That's why we want you here. So I'm guessing that's part of it, Uh not just, you know, because they could definitely probably like not have marshals, have people stand four feet apart at the weigh-ins and, and that kind of stuff, right? And just and, and, kind of like the pro circuit did at their last tournament. Yeah, right. So I think there is the mechanisms to do this, but I think it's probably more on the Chamber of Commerce's wanting to get the most bang for their buck if they're going to have a tournament. So I right, think that's nice. probably where the holdup is and why they really aren't doing them or why they're seriously considering postponing them.
2: Yep. Yeah, it's, it's it's wild times, but, uh, yeah, hopefully it starts getting on the upward swing and we can get back to some normalcy. Uh, now, we have a pretty big, fo- like, Facebook, or not Facebook, uh, fantasy fishing group on there. We got about, what, 30 people that are in our group that we do the fantasy fishing deal. Not,
1: a, not as big as beat hella bass. Right, <laughs> right.
2: But, you know, like, when you're going in there and you're going to a lake, what are some of, like, the things you're looking at? To decide who you're gonna pick
0: sure um obviously i feel like as a pundit i probably need to take a little more time (laughs) so i have some information to share and some insight um i mean definitely back in the day i would definitely do a little bit more just like oh man just i like these guys i fish my gut these guys are fishing hot like i actually have a video uh kind of laying out like these are the five strategies of fantasy fishing right like uh kind of like from like everything from like oh mary in your office pool who just picks the the prettiest jerseys right <laughs> the best all the way name. to like how to how to do full research right so and the thing is it's all about having fun but yeah for me i mean i follow sport fairly closely so one i do have a really good familiarity of what anglers are good at and what their strong suits are i know who the power fishermen are i know who the crankers are i know who the finesse guys are so that's one thing i always keep in my mind is like and I also follow the sport, so I know, like, what lakes are lowland impoundments and if they're grass lakes versus rock lakes versus, you know, a river chain versus, you know, I I kind of have a good feeling for what the lakes are. If I don't, I'll definitely look up and do some research on the lake and find out, does this fish like an Ozark lake? Does this fish like a Florida lake? Does this fish like a, a natural river? Does it fish like a, a TVA reservoir or, or whatever, right? And then I will try to match it up with guys that do well um, I'm also going to typically look at tournament results uh, if I can. So if it's a place that I know is a popular tournament like I will kind of go back and look at FLW and bass tournament results and it could be tour, it could be uh, Toyota series, it could be BFLs, uh, it could be Bassmaster Opens. I will spend a little bit of time doing that. Um, usually try to just keep my my uh, uh, kind of eye on social media and kind of what you know what people are talking about and what what anglers, you know, a lot of times they do interviews and be like, "Oh, I'm really excited for this lake because da 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 da." Right? Like, because, um, <clears throat> for instance, like the first turn of the year, Destin Demarian is he's a rookie. He's from Pennsylvania, but because I follow the sport, I know he guides in Palatka in the winter for the past like five years. So right. mm-hmm. he was ultimately almost a local more so than most of the guys. Even most of the guys in Florida, based on his experience. So that's all the kind of stuff that I'm trying to like process, and then just who's fishing well who's who's got the confidence i don't want to call it momentum but like if oh you're there's, there's com- momentum yeah definitely I, yeah i think well, it, momentum but i think it is is it's you have momentum but i think it's because you're fishing confident yep. i guess is how i interpret it right when you're believing in yourself and you're making good decisions good things happen on the water so uh whatever you want to call it that's an important part of bass fishing just as much as any other sport
1: were you on the rick Clun bandwagon uh, going into this year uh with that first tournament
0: I did not. Nope. no. Nope. Uh, I definitely talked about them in my column and in my video, but I just didn't see a scenario where uh, lightning strike for the third time. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: Now, uh, uh, Rich, let's bring this back up to the Midwest here. Uh, uh, I think Matt kind of talked to you about this, but uh, five must-have bass baits for the Midwest and then uh, tell the listeners how to fish
0: each one of these baits yeah i thought this was going to be easy but then the more i thought about it, the more confused and, and rattled and then i was like no but i want this but like the, the thought of only going fishing with five baits scares the bejesus out of me as it but, does every bass fisher like man. not me like <laughs> not me
1: i could have one maybe two and I'd just, yeah i'd just be fine like, with it.
0: like my boat is literally a gander mountain floating so um but uh it definitely would be easier if you're like, oh, what would be your top five bass baits for the Mississippi River or your top five baits for smallies or, you know, I mean, like if you broke it down, that'd be a lot easier, but I'm going to, I'm going to kind of give it my best shot. Um, so I think a stickworm, whether it be a Cinco, a Yum Dinger, uh, whatever, right? there's a thousand of them, like whatever your favorite one is. To me, that is probably one of the most simple and most versatile soft plastics there is for bass. And you can, I assume I'm not limited to terminal tackle here. So mm. uh, a stickworm can be fished uh, a weightless Texas rig, right? You can split shot rig it. You can wacky rig it. You can Nico rig it. You can Texas rig it. You can put a slightly heavier weight. You can punch with it. Like Carolina rig, it's like it just gets bit. So you keep a couple colors, you know, some green pumpkins, some blacks, uh, some natural colors. And honestly, you can catch a fish. Just about anywhere. You can bite it down and fish at four inch. You can fish in a jigworm a shaky head. You can cut the tail off and make it a Ned rig. Like if you have some Senkos or some stick baits in your boat and you can probably catch fish just about anywhere in any water at any time. So that's, that's a must have. And that probably applies all across the U S not just the Midwest. Right. Absolutely. Uh, my number two for me would be a jig. Uh, so I'll I'll kind of go with like a flipping jig. Uh, my favorite jig is like a Bass Tech Tungsten three-eighths or half-ounce jig. But any, any three-eighths or half-ounce uh, kind of hybrid, kind of good all-around flipping jig is a great choice. There's a lot of specialty jigs out there. Um, I like a jig because you can fish literally from the bank down to 30 feet. Um, and depending on the trailer you put on it, uh, you can do a lot of things, right? You can flip docks, you can flip bushes, you can flip pads, you can flip grass. You can drag deep rocks, you can put a swimming trailer on it, and you can swim it and cover the water column like a swim jig or a chatterbait. You know, you just you can swim it, you can slow roll it and kind of cover a lot of the same water as you would fish, you know, a vibrator jig or a swim bait, and you can use that swim jig. So to me, it's a really versatile bait that will cover a bunch of different water columns, and depending on how you fish it, whether it's pitching into cover, whether it's dragging deep, or whether it's swimming through the water column, and uh, slow rolling it you can cover a ton of water and it just, it gets a bigger bite and it's a super versatile. So if you get a couple black and blue jigs, some green pumpkins, some browns, uh, you're pretty much set, uh, for just about any water, you know, whether it's the muddy Mississippi or deep clear water, uh, for a smally fishery, you trim that skirt a little bit different. You change the action on your trailers and you can catch a fish just about anywhere. Right. Um, the next one I would say I would say uh, some kind of action craw creature bait. So whether you kind of pick your, whether it's a a sweet beaver, a havoc pit boss, a menace scrub, pick some kind of uh, a creature that you have a lot of confidence in uh, or a craw, you know, a trigger craw, whatever Um, something that you can, it, it gives you the versatility. You can flip it, you can punch it, you can fish a weightless, you can put it on the back of things like a jig, whether it be a football jig, um, and that just allows you to fish any kind of cover. Uh, it, it can be used as a trailer. It can be paired with other things. Um, so I really like that same thing. A couple green pumpkins, some black and blues. Um, that's all you really need. Uh, and, and you can fish the thickest of grass to the, the thinnest of cover and, uh, cover the water column really well. And, uh, soft plastics tend to just get a few more bites in general. Yep. Um, so the, I figured I need a crank of some kind for me. Uh, I kind of struggled whether I should go with a lipless because of the versatility and how well you can fish that, and you can fish more water column. But ultimately, for me, my most productive crankbait is a DT6, yep. uh, and I can fish smallies, I can fish rip banks, I can fish grass. It comes through grass probably better than any crankbait I own. Um, so it doesn't—it's not the deepest, um, but if you could, you know, you can throw it on pretty heavy line uh, and keep your rod tip high, you can fish pretty shallow with it. Uh, you can drop down the lighter line, and and it's really effective for any time you have grass weed lines where there's a, a good solid shoulder. That DT6, its dive angle is really good. of you casting like a boat length up onto a weed flat and kind of forty-fiving it off, and it tends to just tick that grass down that shoulder at the right angle. Uh, And on uh, on the lakes like Whitefish Chain, Gull, you know, Taka, it's it's deadly <clears throat> for covering a lot of water and identifying where schools of fish are and catching them. Um, and it's also really good on the river like fish and grip wrap and, and, and wing bands and things like that cool all right and the last one i just this is probably not the most versatile bait but i figured like i needed it and that was a frog <laughs> oh,
2: yeah oh yeah
0: so uh you know whether it's a terminator frog or a spro frog or a couple other you know uh booyah there's a lot of good frogs out there the floating uh soft body frogs uh, i just like those uh, you know whether you're fishing grass pads, uh, you know, duckweed mats are like my favorite to fish with frogs. Um, especially if you fish the river a lot, I would say if you fish the river, the frog is probably like second or third on the list. (laughs) Um, but also don't sleep on it in natural lakes, even if you're not fishing in pads, like sometimes, uh, especially if I would say down Southern Minnesota, probably Northern Iowa, you guys see some of these, you have like lakes, in the mankato area and, and fairbolt area they kind of have a natural stain to them fish get pretty shallow in the summer yep. uh, there's maybe not even a lot of vegetation but i've had really good bites where you just skip this frog up into just the bushes the backs of docks right like six inches of water shade like there are bass sitting up there and that is one of the best presentations to get them because if uh yeah it's it, it can be a really good bite. so fish them around trees fish them around docks uh, I've got some good videos on that where I've done that on my channel. Um, it's it's a much more versatile bait than most people think, and you can cover a lot of different water columns, and you can show the fish something they don't always see, and it gets a big bite. Absolutely.
2: And yep. it's just fun to catch them on
0: a frog. Yeah, and like every frog fish, you, you can count that as two because it's double <laughs> fun. When you That's right. A frog. <laughs>
1: No, I definitely, uh, I found it interesting that your first bait was uh, the, the Yumdinger or Sanko or whatever. Uh, I fished my first ever bass tournament last year uh, with mm-hmm. Matt, and uh, that's what Matt uh, hooked me up with right off the bat. I, I wasn't good at pitching docks. I had no clue what I was doing, and so he threw it on a drop shot and said, just kind of throw it up there as close as what you can do, and, and uh, yeah, I, I caught some fish doing it, so <laughs> yeah, that, that that's cool.
0: Yeah, and it's it's a great bait for kids. Like, uh, like you, you put that on a jig head and fish it as like an exposed jig worm or yep. a shaky head. Uh, the fish darn near hook themselves, uh, you know, fishing weed lines and things like that. Uh, you wacky rig that, uh, you know, with a weedless hook and let them sling around shallow cover. They're going to get bit. Uh, and then probably the sneakiest way to do it is, uh, you know, Nico rig it, um, with a, you know, basically a wacky rig with a nail in one end of it. And that is a, a presentation that like even when they've seen a zillion wacky rigs like that nico rig just shows them something different and it'll be like them fish never saw it before yeah that's just a different fall rate or a fall and it catches big dash i uh back in april on gunnersville i caught you know several three five and seven pounders one day uh fishing the nico rig on gunnersville nice
2: that had to be a pretty cool experience getting to fish gunnersville
0: yeah that's that was a bucket list i wish i would have done a little better the first day of the tournament um just one of those like one of those days it just did not go i just could not uh, just was off all day um but the second day i came in with a pretty big bag and uh, almost got back into the cut so right on nice
1: rich you got any uh big plans for uh this summer this spring uh yet uh any any fishing trips on the bucket list or, or on, uh, yeah, on i don't the, have anything I'm,
0: def- I'm definitely registered for the bass nation and tbf state tournaments uh fishing those ones on uh Bass is on whitefish, uh, and then TBF is on leech. And then I have already qualified, uh, because I took second in the state tournament last year, I qualified for the Northern Divisional Bass Nation on uh, Vermilion in August. So nice. hopefully everything clears up and we're fishing those tournaments. Um, so I'm excited to do that. I'd really like to get back to the, the Bass Nation National Championships again. So I'm going to really bear down and give it my all on uh, on Vermilion this summer. And so if you're not familiar with the the Northern Division basically will be sent 20 guys each uh right. and so we'll be fishing against the top 10 boaters uh from minnesota as well as all these other states so it'll be like a like a hundred and some boat field um, okay. out on vermilion so and it's a three-day tournament so that'll be a uh, it should be a really fun tournament, and I and if you haven't watched any of my YouTube videos or people are new, to that I do like tournament like tournament practice recaps, yep. and then I do actual tournament. So if you're into tournament fishing, I like take my GoPros out in the boat with me, and I record what happens in the tournament, and you see the highs, the lows, the missed fish, the the excitement of catching a kicker. Um, i think those are those are some of my personal favorite videos to put together they maybe not necessarily get the biggest views uh, but i think the people that do watch those videos probably get some of the most enjoyment out the real hardcore fans
2: oh yeah i really enjoy those videos just just for the fact of like we talk about talk about a lot on here like when we go out fishing even just for fun we're like oh we're gonna videotape a bunch of stuff we're gonna have the cameras going and then you get into a good bite and you just kind of forget about putting it on i mean just the discipline for you to be able to put it on for your practice and then tournament day i mean it all takes time and sometimes you know we want to just get going and fish and fish and not concentrate on that stuff but i give you a lot of credit for doing that
0: yes that's definitely a mentality shift you really you got to think about it and you definitely want to balance it right um there's some days when the, the, the 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 gopro stops working the battery what something goes wrong and you just have to be you know what i just I got a fish now. It's, we're in a tournament, right? right. Uh, so you definitely see some recaps. You're like, well, you didn't see this. This is what happened. But, like, <laughs> I had to go catch him. Like, I couldn't sit there and spend 20 minutes digging <laughs> with a GoPro, right? Um, but I definitely got some tech in my boat. You know, I've got the Yellow Tech stick. I've got some chesties. I've got some portable battery packs. I've got uh, a way to wire my uh, GoPros into my cigarette lighter so I'm not changing out batteries. So I definitely do things uh, to try to minimize the invasiveness of having the camera, uh, during the tournament. Right. Um, and then you know, the other thing is like the discipline to actually sit down and go through the footage and, and take the time to edit it. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that would be take tough. a lot of time.
1: Yeah. yeah. Rich, uh, before we let you go, uh, um, if any of the listeners here, uh, want to follow along with your, uh, uh, videos and whatnot, uh, plug all your social media and, and tell the listeners where they can come and find you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So probably the best place if you whatever whatever your platform is, uh, you know whether it's Instagram or Twitter or whatever or YouTube, just search Hella Bass. You should be able to find me there. I am Hella on uh, YouTube. Um, had a pretty good success, starting to grow, starting to build some momentum, and uh, I've got some big plans for this this summer. I've definitely got some more cameras. Last year was definitely a learning process. I think in the last end of the year, I really started to learn on what it takes to film and capture a good video that I can turn out and make it like very visually interesting. And and, and so um, I think this year is going to be, uh, if you liked what you saw last year, you're going to love what you're going to see this year, I think. so um, And then uh, you can search Richlinger on Facebook or Rich's Bassin blog, depending if you want to see my page or become a friend. Uh, they all work uh, pretty easy to find. If you search Richlinger or Hellabass you're probably going to find me pretty quick.
1: Where did, where did the name Hellabass come from?
0: Yeah, that goes back uh, a long time. Uh, like to the fishing kinda, forums. Yeah, probably a fishing forum nickname. Uh, like Hella is like another way of like. Uh, at some point, it was kind of a, a, a cool way to say a ton or a lot or like yeah, you know yeah. huge or whatever, right? Um, and then so I just put that with bass and then just kind of went with it. But, you know, yeah, probably who knows some bass forum or a, a username on Yahoo. I'm not sure exactly what, <laughs> right? Like back in the day, but. I just picked it as a, a username at some point and it just kind of fit. And now it's kind of a mantra or a, a, a life. <laughs> yeah, well. Do
2: you, do you find more people? Like if you're out fishing, they'll come up to you and they'll be like, Hey, you're hella bass. And they don't really know what your first name is. <laughs> just know you by hella bass yeah, from online. It's,
0: it's definitely happened for sure. Like, yeah, are you, you that hella bass guy? or are you, you the guy that does those videos or yeah, it was even, uh, even uh, way back when, like a long time ago when we saw the Bassmaster weekend series, uh, in Minnesota. And I qualified for a national championship down on, uh, it was in South Carolina, Georgia, uh, Clarks Hill reservoir. And I was in the weigh-in line and he's like, dude, are you the guy that writes the bass blog? And I was like, yeah <laughs> i'm like whatever yeah. like a thousand miles from home <laughs> yeah. and he's like i recognize you i was like oh that's pretty cool that so, is very cool no it,
1: it's a catchy name and uh you know yeah i get you know there's there's nothing else i I don't know anything you know that sounds similar you know hellabass is hellabass. I, I think it's cool
0: yeah i would say the one other thing is uh i didn't mention this i guess if you do like fantasy fishing and then if you're listening to this show you probably like podcasts i do do an audio version only um of the, the pundit picks and the, and the research for fantasy fishing. So if, if you go, there's usually links in my uh, uh, podcast or my fantasy fishing videos, or you can just search hellabass fantasy fishing edge or something like that i'm sure you can find it
1: so well, i'm going to cut that out of the interview because we don't need our listeners knowing more about uh, the fantasy fishing because <laughs> right now me and matt are up at the top and All right. the, the, uh, no yeah. i'm not i'm not really going to cut that out that was just a joke but no rich we really appreciate you uh taking time out of your day to, to come and talk bass fishing me and matt uh, love bass fishing so yeah you, you know and, and obviously with the Midwest uh, podcast, uh, we. We have to talk walleye. We have to talk. And, and we like walleye. Don't get us wrong. But yeah, it, it's definitely
0: fun to talk bass. Yeah. Appreciate it. So, and I definitely think, uh, Scott, I think you should think. I think the sassy angler has a nice ring to it. I think you should stick with that. Sassy uh, Scott. Oh. <laughs> Dirty. Coming gun. back. The sassy I did I, I did my research you did you did you dirty <laughs> doc.
1: all right well with that he's we still are...
2: he, that's that, that's a sore subject he's giving me the evil eye right now on that one <laughs> <way. laughs>
1: yeah if if, if matt uh, all of a sudden ends up dead it wasn't the coronavirus <laughs> it was sassy scott got me uh we are ending this interview <laughs> all right thanks a lot rich yeah thanks rich thank you guys Say ya and that is Rich Lindgren, uh, tournament angler, uh, Rich's bassin' blog, hella bass, uh, bassmaster fantasy pundit. Uh, he kind of does a little bit of everything. Like you said
2: at the beginning of this episode, an all-around bass head.
1: Yep, yep. No, way. he had a lot of knowledge there. That was a lot of a lot of fun to sit and chat with him. And, and I, I'll, I'll say the highlight of that interview for me was uh, hearing about him, no offense to him, but getting kicked out of that tournament for... Uh, is an yeah. interesting story. Yeah, you know, what's really crazy is now, you know, like these marshals and whatnot, uh, you know, they, they'll they go along with an angler for, you know, day one and two, and uh, I think whoever kicks out the best content, you know, might get called back for day three. You know, uh, they, they really, you know, encourage and let these anglers push a lot of social media, you know, record videos and whatever uh, all day long during the tournaments, I would say Rich was just ahead of the curve. That's oh, all that really was there, you know.
2: Oh, for sure. I mean, back then they're just like, hey, you can't be using your – like he said, can't use it for non-emergency situations. And now they're probably like – and so he got disqualified from the tournament. And now they're probably like, hey, you know, you're not really updating your social media yeah, like could, you, you should be. a little bit more? Otherwise we might not have to let you back <laughs> into the tournament because right. you're not doing it enough, you know. Right. So yeah. it's, it's kind of neat to see, like, yeah, ahead of his time as yeah i'd have to say
1: yeah pretty crazy but uh no uh you know as far as that goes uh we've got some good weather uh coming down the pipe here uh you know a little bit of rain here here and there but uh, you know really some good weather um
2: by this week that you're listening to this the week of what would it be the april no the 30th it'd be march 30th when this is out if you're listening to it monday march 30th hopefully the ice should be off the lakes here
1: yeah, yeah. I think everywhere here, even I mean, we're recording this two days prior to to releasing it. I think most of the lakes here is. Well, I don't know about no, west and whatnot. But. Yesterday,
2: uh, I was saw some reports from over at the Iowa Great Lakes, and they said about forty percent of East Lake still had ice on it. Really, it's kind of blowing around Spirit Lake. I saw today, Darren Jones had put a picture on there that there was still ice out there on that, kind of getting blown around. Okay. Um West still had, I think, one of the, I think, I think it was Oak Hill Marine put out a report and they said that you could get into Smith's Bay, but I mean, yeah, that's kind of around good, the yeah. edges is all off, but the bays should be opening up and we're supposed to get some rain and everything like that, but I'd, I'd say that the first week of April, all the ice down here should be pretty much off the lake
1: right and uh i think uh you know farther up into minnesota and you know south dakota and whatnot i think it's following suit you know just a it's going or so behind so uh, like we always
2: said once once late ice like that once it starts going it goes in a hurry
1: right so yeah hold tight everybody uh you know hopefully you'll get to go out and uh You know, take those five baits that Rich talked about and uh, go out and put them to use, Uh, you know. Maybe even some of you walleye anglers, you know, maybe you can go out and uh, feel what it's like to, to catch a bass and be like, wow, you know what? that was oh, a little bit more fight. fun yeah they fight i mean can you believe a 12 inch fish like that fought?
2: <laughs> um, imagine what it's like if i caught a 20 inch one of those. yeah no we're not gonna <laughs> take any more jabs there goes all of our listeners <laughs> no we enjoy <laughs> fishing for walleyes yep. too we like we like it all we like catching It doesn't matter bullheads we need to go out on a bullhead run you dang know. right we do i think we maybe maybe this weekend we'll have to get out there and chase some bullheads hey i'm game with that And, you know, like we talked about at the beginning of the show with all the stuff that's going on in the country right now, still heed by what your, you know, your states are saying. Don't be getting too wild and crazy. I know we all want to get out there and get going, but just, you know, still practice the social distancing thing. They said that you can fish, most states are saying, so go for it. Just don't get too close to me when you're out there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) somebody comes rolling up on I think us I'm, when
2: we're catching them and hey, have i have you think, ever
1: heard of social distancing
2: i think i'm gonna get like a bucket of rocks and put them in the, <laughs> in the boat somebody starts getting close just, just chuck, chuck them. rocks. No, no. hey it's it's nothing against you man it's it's no.
1: all just start coughing they'll leave <laughs> so. you know
2: like i said we always got to find the silver lining and all this stuff uh you know all the tournament anglers we're all getting bummed out that a lot of tournaments and stuff that we talked about are getting moved but you know maybe this is a time that reminds us why we love fishing right right you know why we started doing it it's just the fun the thrill of it being you know being able to go out there and just do it sometimes we get caught up in the pressure of tournaments and the go and go of this and stuff and now maybe you just take the time to slow down and just enjoy it for what it is because you never know if we're always going to be able to get to do it tomorrow so. that's right well you know. and,
1: and uh i think if you're up in wisconsin you ain't getting to do it right now so <laughs> right so <laughs> hopefully there are all these states down here uh, don't follow suit but uh yeah no that is episode 66 we appreciate you guys tuning in we will see you next week for episode 67 see ya
0: Thank <music> you.